Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. Yeah, Dave was, uh, you know, like like I said, Dave was just, a, he was an assassin, man. I mean, Dave would get you, I mean, I remember the first time I wrestled, but he had the legs in on me and, he, sure. and he, he was trying to turn and I couldn't turn. He had me where I couldn't turn. And he was like, had the leg and he had me cranked over, but I, I still couldn't turn. I'm like, dude, let me, I'm trying to turn. Oh, but no, he was, uh, he was brutal, man. He would, he would, uh, he'd hurt you for sure. He'd hurt you. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to Wrestling Changed My Life, folks. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're doing well out there. My guest today is the great Kenny Monday, one of the all-time great wrestlers in the world, not even the United States. Kenny was a three-time Olympian. First making the team in 88, where he had to overcome his nemesis, Dave Schultz. And back in high school, he was just as impressive. He had one loss from sixth grade through senior year of high school. He was the first four-time undefeated Oklahoma State champ. And then he went to college and had some great battles with Nate Carr. This is an all-time podcast. I hope you enjoy it, folks. Fan of the week goes to my man, John Lesnar. That's Lesnar underscore 24 on the gram. John, thank you so much for tuning in, brother. I greatly appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Competitor Supreme, which is a 1990s Dan Gable movie that I could not find online for the life of me. I used to watch it all the time as a kid on VHS. Finally found who had the rights to it, and WrestlingChangeMyLife.com now has rights to stream Competitor Supreme. So you can find it by going to WrestlingChangeMyLife.com and clicking on the tab Competitor Supreme. Use the code GABLE. For a free rental. Normally it's two bucks, but if you use the promo code Gable, you get a free rental. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up for the great Kenny the Puma Monday. Kenny Monday. Let's start. I thought a lot of different ways where we could start this. Summer of 1976, what went into your decision to go to Booker T over the high school your brothers had gone to? <laughs> Good question. You know, that's amazing. I was just with, over at my mom's last night, and my brother, my oldest brother, Michael, was there, and we were we were talking about this. We were talking about why I went to Booger T. And the short answer is, Booger T, um, they started school in the ninth grade. And before that, all high schools were 10th grade and up, 10th, 10th through 12th. And so there was only a few magnet, magnet schools that offered the ninth grade classes, you know, the class. And so at the point, at the time, we didn't even know that um, wrestlers were going to be able to wrestle in the ninth grade. And so it was had to go through the school board. But we they were talking about it, were trying to make it, because swimmers were already competing in the ninth grade at, at Booker T. Washington. And so we thought we had a good chance, and they were talking about it, but it hadn't been done yet. And so we um, I transferred from, from my junior high school and I went to Booker T in the ninth grade because uh, I could, you know, then they they passed the law probably about a month about a month later, so that we can compete as freshmen in high school. And so that was really the biggest part of it. And because I, I love my brother's high school, they went to McLean High School. They had a good team, had a good coach. He was brokenhearted. Coach Nix was brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. That I didn't go to Booker T. I mean, I'm McLean, but it was really just to be able to wrestle and compete in the ninth grade in high school. Cause I was ready. You know, I was I was really dominating and in junior high school. So I was really ready to go jump, make that jump to high school. Now I got to fact check this with you, Kenny. 
I heard that you lost one match in middle school, and that guy was the same guy you beat your senior year in high school to go undefeated. Is that true? <laughs> well, actually, yep, it's 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 uh it's true. Actually, I was in the sixth grade. It was okay. the Tulsa Nationals. Tulsa National. I had won Tulsa Nationals like three times, and uh, I wrestled uh, Jim Hickson, and he was from Oklahoma City. Yep, he beat me by a couple by by a point in the finals of the, of the Tulsa Nationals, and I, and I didn't see him again until my going for my fourth state title when I was a senior, and I was looking for him. You know, <laughs> he had a brother. He had, he had a twin brother, and I wrestled him a couple times, but I didn't get him until my 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 going for my fourth title. As a senior, yeah. So that was a uh, that's an interesting story. Not beating like twenty two to three or something like that. Did so you? <laughs> I, I took all those years. I took all those those uh, frustrations out of him in, uh, in that match. So. So what, we're talking about one loss all through sixth grade in high school, pretty much. Well, I uh, let me see. I was I was undefeated in the fifth grade, sixth grade. No, no, I'm sorry. Fifth grade and the loss at one in the. In the sixth grade, and then I was undefeated seventh, eighth, and then yeah, from from the seventh grade, seventh grade to the twelfth grade. Man, that's that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. I mean, think about I've heard you on. I've heard you talk about this with Cliff Fretwell, but the culture of wrestling in Oklahoma and Tulsa at this time was just on fire, from what you say. Oh, it was amazing! It was amazing. I tell you what, that was probably the, one of the reasons that that really kept me in the sport. Um, for as long as I did, and just made me really fall in love with the sport because we had the, the competition was amazing. I didn't I didn't have to leave Oklahoma for competition. And we went to Iowa a couple times, of course, went to um, Colorado a couple times. But I mean, Oklahoma was so rich, so rich in wrestling. I mean, we had we had a um, a league, um, a schoolboy league. So we had elementary school was from first grade to sixth grade. Then junior high was seventh through ninth, and then of course high school. But yeah, we had. Dual meets. We had dual meets. We had leagues, and so we had dual meets as a kid. So I grew up in, in dual meets, uh, and it was, it was great because you had to sit there and watch, you know, the other, your other teammates wrestle. Mm-hmm. So you learned a lot. And then so now it's not you don't get that. It's just it's just tournaments. Right. And my kids didn't grow up in that system, so it was so rich. I mean, we had probably, man, it was it was probably 60, 60 teams that we we competed with in, in Oklahoma. It was so rich. I mean, guys had this one one team, Blue T. And Blue T had, they probably had four different teams. They had an A team, B team, C team, and uh, and they are all tough too. So it was really rich. It really was. I mean, it was some guys that uh, I grew up. We had child prodigies that was coming out of Oklahoma. The Beach um, Brothers, that, right? Well, yep, the Breeze Brothers. Yep, they were national champions. Went to Oklahoma, went to OU. Uh, David McQuaig went to OU, was a national champ. I mean, that was on that team of. Uh, I think OU won. The last time they won a national title was 1974. Okay. And uh, those guys were on the team. And, uh, and so I was always growing up in Oklahoma. I was always going back and forth from OU to Oklahoma State, OU. So I really didn't know where I was going until I finally made my decision. Well, uh, but just great kids. When your brothers went to OU, so I can't believe you became a cowboy back then. What was the deciding factor? Well, uh, really, it was just um, – it came down to, um, and Leroy Smith had just graduated. Uh, John's brother had just graduated at 142. And uh, I wrestled, my high school, I wrestled like 141, 148, kind of bounced back and forth. So I was winning about 150. And so coming in, uh, I knew I was going to wrestle 142. And so when Leroy graduated, it was kind of an open spot. It was some guys in there, but but I can beat everybody that was in the, uh, in the weight class, you know, the, the backups at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. At OU, it was Andre Mesker. Andre Mesker was a uh, national champion that year. And uh, the year before that, he he was uh, he was a runner-up. Or was he national champ? I think he was national champ. And then, of course, they had Dave there. Schultz brothers were there. Dave and Mark. Um, Roger Frizzell was a 150-pounder. And so I probably would have had to – they were trying to get me to either go 134 my freshman year or redshirt. And uh, so 34 was definitely out of the picture. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> uh, but 142 was my weight class. And then I just didn't want a red shirt. I just I felt like I could come in and wrestle. Um, and then so that was kind of the bottom line, really. Um, of course, I like the coaches at Oklahoma State, uh, Chesbro and Dave Martin. Um, the culture was, was about the same. And so it really just came down to that I could come in and start right away. Man, so you wanted to go right away. 
Was Myron Roderick around at these times? Yeah, Myron was around. He was around. He actually became athletic director probably my junior year. So he was around. And I'd, I'd grown up going to some of his camps a couple of, couple of times. And so I knew who he was. And of course, was around him a little bit and watched his teams. You know, I was a, that was, man, I was a, uh, a kid growing up and would always go down to Oklahoma State, uh, Stillwater matches. Uh, to watch Oklahoma State, I go down to OU, watch their matches, and so I knew who Rod, who, who Myron was, um, Chesbro, and all those things. So I'd follow him as a kid. But uh, he came athletic. He became athletic director when I was a junior. I think. Man, all these names you're rattling off. You know, I grew up on the border of Iowa, so I was always a Hawkeye as a kid, and so I know all the Iowa names. But man, all these names you're rattling off. These are Oklahoma boys, most of them. You know, that's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Absolutely. So the thing, the really the thing was. Growing up in Oklahoma, we we had I, I started making uh, uh, all star teams maybe in the seventh and eighth grade. I wrestled Barry Barry's uh, um, 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 Barry. What's Barry's last name? Barry Davis. Um, Lenny Zaleski. Barry Davis. God, okay, please. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now Barry, I wrestled Barry Davis as uh, in the seventh grade or the eighth grade. I wrestled Barry Davis in the tournament in Emmitsburg, Iowa. Uh, in the eighth grade, how'd that go? Nine, uh, okay. Funny story. Funny story. Uh, so I we we went up to Emmitsburg on an all star team, and um, I got Barry in the in the semis, and I didn't even know who he was. He was just a short, stocky, just a tough kid. He was the toughest. He was my toughest match. I beat him nine zero, and then like I pinned the kid in the in the, in the final. So Barry was really it was my toughest match. But I mean, I had to earn every freaking <laughs> point, and I so I never never forgot that kid. But I didn't know his name. And I was going through a uh, my I was at my dad's house. I was going through his cl- closet where I had some old brackets. I pulled out this bracket, Emmitsburg, Iowa, and Barry Davis was on my bracket and in in beat him in the semis and beat him nine zero. I was like, wow. And so next time I saw Barry Davis, of course I've been knowing Dave uh, Barry for a while with teammates. Next time I saw him, I said, Barry, Emmitsburg on oh, Monday. Monday, you kick my butt. You kick my butt. You never forget that. Kick my butt. Man. He never forgot it. And I, I didn't really know who the kid was. Even in college you know, and all that? You didn't scrabby. know? Well I, didn't, well, I knew who he was, but I didn't know he was that kid. Gotcha. I wrestled. I didn't know the name. When I wrestled him, I didn't, really, I didn't know who he was. I just, he was a, just a tough kid. And uh, I didn't really pay any attention to him, you know. But later on, like I said, I saw his name on that bracket. And I said, that's got to be Barry, yeah, Barry Davis. So when I asked him about it, he knew. He remembered. He remembered. But I didn't. He remembered. He did. That's pretty cool that Team Oklahoma I, would go all the way up to Iowa to battle back in the day. I heard that that's yeah. how you met uh, the Smith family and that John Smith was called the little brat. Is that true? Yep. That was. He was a brat, man. That dude was like the biggest brat. <laughs> he was the biggest brat. <laughs> what was, was Leroy like? Yeah, the, Leroy, was, Leroy was tough, man. Leroy, and actually him and my brother Russell, Jim Russell, in high school. And uh, so we we were knowing the Smiths. We were always um, aware of those guys. But I think I was probably 13. I think I was in the eighth grade, seventh, eighth, seventh grade, maybe. I was in seventh grade and was on an all-star team. Went down to Oklahoma City for for a, a summer camp. Uh, it was an all-star camp. And, uh, and so I stayed with the Smith family. And I think John was probably, I'm three, four years older than John. So, yeah, he was like, like eight or nine, you know, and just running around the house and wanting to wrestle. And I'd, I'd wrestle him. I'd get him down. I wouldn't let him up. You know, he, he's so mad. He, he spit on me. He's crying. He's crying. I'm making him cry, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. But, uh, yeah, I met them. And, and here's old man. Uh, old man Smith was just a – old man Leroy was just a, just a great guy. Took me right in, and uh, I never forgot that. But, yeah, he, Leroy and my older brother, my middle brother, Jim, used to wrestle in high school. Man, what was that household like with ten kids running around? Is it was it a big house? Just a normal house? It was uh, it was a normal house, you know, just like the girls was running around and they were pinching my neck and pinching my head and and they all wrestled. They all knew how to wrestle. I think Pat was probably, man, Pat was, he was like five or four. He was really little, you know. And so I dump him upside the head too, you know. So <laughs> I was. Uh, they knew who Monday was. After I left, they knew who Kenny Monday was. <laughs> man, I bet. We'll, we'll come back to that because yeah. you trained with John in 88 and then beat Pat in 96. Yeah. So those waters yeah. run deep yeah. in that that family. They really do. They um, really do. Man, so you get to college, and, you know, you're a phenom in high school. Was it 
and I'm sure it was humbling, but was it a bit of a surprise to you not to place as a freshman? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely a surprise. I mean, I was I was seated fourth going into the tournament and really had a pretty good, pretty solid freshman season. Mm -hmm. You know, I was undefeated. I I was 10 and 0 until I hit Mesker in the dual meet. And uh and that wrestled Mesker and we was it was an eight-five match with a with about 30 seconds left. And uh he he was kind of had got in on a leg and I tried to kick him through for a cradle and end up end up getting caught on my back and pinning me. But it was eight five in that match, and then I think we wrestled again in the next dual meet. It was like seven, seven three, seven four. So it was I was I was in the matches, um, and I think I'd only lost going into the, the NCAA tournament. I'd only lost um, I lost twice. I only lost five times going to the national tournament. Oh wow! So you had a good so year. Was, yeah, yeah. So I had a good year. I was I was I got third in the big eights, um, and then so yeah, I was I was seated fourth going to the tournament, and then I. Um, but I was, it's so funny because I was, I was, I gained weight. I gained like 10 pounds in February, you know, <laughs> so my body was just growing. Yeah. Yeah. Every year, like after, the, after my high school season, it would end in February, I grow like 10 pounds. I get bigger. And I'd wrestle my freshman year, I wrestled 108. My sophomore year, I wrestled 123. My junior year, junior year, I wrestled 136. And my senior year, I wrestled 48, 41, you know, so I grew every year. And so come February, uh, February, I grew like 10 pounds just naturally. I mean, my, my I, I, I was wearing a size eight and my foot was a nine. I was my foot, my, my wrestling <laughs> shoes got tight. And I'm like, man, what is going on? And man, I mean, his shoes are too small. So I had to get a size nine. I grew. And so coach Chesbro was like, man, what is, what are you doing? I'm like, coach, I'm not doing anything. I'm actually eating less. And so, uh, yeah, I, I gained. So that weight class, it was just really tough to make weight at the end of the year. And um, and then I had a I lost in the quarterfinals like 11, 12 matches to Bond Burner, uh, kind of went back and forth, and then uh, I lost the next match, and that was really the first tournament that I could remember that that been beaten out beaten out of, and didn't place in my career. I mean, since the time I started, and so <laughs> I'll never forget this moment because after I lost that match, I was like I was kind of stunned. I was out of the tournament, and I looked at Chesbro, and I'm like, uh, so am I am I out? Am I out? He goes, yes. So you're, he kind of chuckles. Like, yeah, yeah, you're out. You'll, you'll you're be done. back next year. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> I could not. It was just the weirdest feeling. I just couldn't, I couldn't, uh, couldn't come to terms with it, you know, so. Was it something where you said that was a fluke or you used it to really motivate you and it really pissed you off there going forward? Yeah, I definitely was. I feel like it was better than that. I mean, I, I was, like I said, I was seated fourth going in and I was, I had a good year and, yeah. and uh, those guys I lost to definitely felt like I could beat them. I just had dead matches, you know, the NCAA tournament, just kind of, I'm oh, kind yeah. of looking past them. You know, I was looking past them, looking to the semis and didn't even see this guy I lost to. Uh, and, and I think the guy was from Cornell. I forget his name, but, uh, and so I, I lost that match and then, yeah, then it was just kind of a, one of those matches that got away from me. Well, is this the year where you were like 0.2 over with two minutes to go and you stood on your head at the weigh-ins or is that a different year? No, 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 that's a different year. <laughs> that's my junior year. But so, so again, yeah. So that next year, man, I was so motivated. I worked my butt off that summer, and um, of course, the next two years, I'm in the finals. Yeah. So that next year, I was undefeated and, and beat Nate Carr. Was of course he was the defending champion at 150. Beat him in the dual meet against Iowa State, first time I ever wrestled him, and then pinned him in the big eight, big eight finals. And so I was seated. I was seated first going into the. NCAA tournament as a sophomore, undefeated. Yeah, you know, seated yeah. first. Yeah, and then I lost to Nate in in double overtime. So you guys had some, but you had two incredible rivalries: Nate Carr, the first one, then Schultz, obviously mm -hmm. the second one. I mean, yep. man, yep. what do you? Uh, I mean, obviously it brought you to a new level, but I mean, what do you remember about those battles with Carr back in the day? Was it was it hatred or was it friendly competitiveness? A little bit of both. A little bit of both, man. I mean, Nate was probably the toughest guy I'd ever wrestled. He was the fastest guy I've ever wrestled, and the, the, the probably the biggest mouth I've ever wrestled. You know, Nate was a talker, man. Nate really? talked crap. Oh yeah, he talked crap. You know, you ever watch him wrestle? I mean, he was flexing on you. If he beat you, he's flexing on you. I mean, the Iowa fans hated him. I was getting letters from the Iowa fans, hoping I could wishing me good luck to beat Nate from the <laughs> Iowa fans. That was crazy. Seriously, I never forget that. Yeah, absolutely. After because Nate, because 
he was going through the Iowa guys. You know, he was beating those guys. I think Kissel was in there, and then I think Hef, Hef, uh, Heffernan was in there after that. And so we were both beating the Iowa guys. And so they really it was really between me and Nate and Roger Frizzell. And uh, but he yeah, Nate was was flexing on those Iowa guys. They hated him in Iowa. You know, of course they had that, that rivalry, Iowa yeah. and Iowa State. So they they didn't have a lot of love for Nate. And so once they knew that they didn't have a guy that could beat him, they they came to me. I got a few, a few letters from Iowa fans. It was funny. Man, that's hilarious. But yeah, it was uh he, he yeah he made me great, man. He, he we made each other great. We matter of fact, I just talked to him probably three days ago on the phone, just kind of catching up. But um, yeah, I mean that was a guy that, that I knew I had to train my butt off for. I had to get up in the early in the morning to run and late at night. You know, I had to really, I had to really train, really focus, and really be at my best to to beat him. You know, so we went. I mean, I don't know how many times we ended up wrestling. Probably twenty times we ever we wrestled our whole career because we wrestled a lot in freestyle too. Yeah, well, I read so. that like back in '72, Team USA. I believe his brother Jimmy was on that team. Right. He was on that team. He was on that team. And matter of fact, it's so funny that we're, I mean, we're so intertwined because he was, that was that, that 72 team was probably the, the first time that I realized what the Olympics was all about. And uh, I saw him wrestle, you know, cause he, he'd wrestle down in Stillwater at the U S open and we'd go down there. We watched the, watched the, the, the tournament and I watched him, I watched Carl Russell, you know, and uh, at the U S open as so I was amazed that he was so young and he was so, he was so good. He could compete with those guys. And that was like some of the, I mean, that, that whole 97, 1972 team was just amazing. That was an amazing, amazing squad, you know, from Gable to uh, Rick Sanders to Carr. Uh, Wayne Wells is a guy from Oklahoma. So I was, I followed him throughout his career. Man. And so Chris Taylor was on that team. I remember getting Chris Taylor's autograph and he was so big. That's the <laughs> biggest guy I'd ever seen, biggest man I'd ever seen in my life. He was a giant. And I was, it took me an hour to go get his autograph. I was so afraid of it. But yeah, man, I would go down there and watch uh, Nate. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy Carr Russell, and I was amazed. And so it's so funny. We we ended up competing against one another because he was he was definitely one of my heroes growing up. Well, I had read that that '72 team was a big turning point for you because, like you said, the U.S. Open was in Oklahoma State, so you got to see him up and up and close. And then you know the whole yeah. thing's televised. You have an Oklahoman win a gold medal. I mean, it's a big deal, you know, all that stuff. No, it was huge. It was huge. And so, again, I was 10 years old at the time. And so I'd already, already been wrestling and was having some success in, in the sport, you know, and really uh, starting to kind of make a name for myself. And so, yeah, that, that 72 Olympics was really huge for me to see those guys and to see Gable and, and how they really uh, promoted him and had him out front and did the stories on him. So, yeah, I was, I was locked into that deal. And from that point on, I had the Olympic gold medal on the back of my head. I'm like, okay, I know what I want to be. I know who I want to be. I know how, you know, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there. You're going to get there. <laughs> that's kind of where, where that, that's where, that's where the Olympic dream started, really. Man, that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. I, it's just cool to hear about and how kind of it all came full circle where they came down to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and you got to see that. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it, it reminds me of 1984, you win the Nationals. And Oklahoma State puts a beat down on Iowa in the duel. Do you remember that duel? Yeah. How bad did you guys lay yeah, on them, yeah. man? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I pinned. I pinned uh, Marty. I pinned Marty Kistler. You know. So yeah, it was. We beat them two years in a row. Man. You know. And uh, we beat them my, my junior and senior year. And uh, pin. Yeah, I pinned Kistler. And Kistler ended up being a two-time champ. You know. So right. He. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was tough. But uh, yeah, we were excited. We, we really thought we were going to win a national title. And, and we should have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're uh, you're old. Chesbro lost his job. Chesbro, Chesbro got he got fired after that. Myron Roddy fired him after that that uh, that year. And uh, we got twice. We got second two years in a row. And Chesbro fired. I mean, uh, Chesbro got fired after that '84 season. That's when Joe Say came in. And so you think about that. You beat Iowa two years in a row. You get second two years in a row. At Oklahoma State yeah. land, that's grounds for termination. <laughs> yeah. I guess, man. I guess. So, how I did guess. you end up getting down to uh, to train with Bobby Douglas? You're getting into your freestyle career. How did all that start? Yep, yep. No, that's, that's another great story because um, after that was my senior year, and so after Chesbro got fired, they hired um, Bob uh, Joe C, and um, and so I'm that summer. I'm working at 
um, USA Wrestling and the Hall of Fame, which USA Wrestling at that time was in Stillwater, mm-hmm. right in the same office as, as the, the Hall of Fame. Where, uh, and so that's where they were. And so I was working, so I'm a job over there, and I was asking the phones, and I was doing like uh, uh, shipboard, I was mailing things out. So I was working at the, at the, at the Hall of Fame. Bobby Douglas calls, and uh, I asked for the phone. And he was looking for, I think he was looking for Greg Strobel or someone. And so I asked him the phone. He goes, hey, Monday, what are you, what are you doing? I said, I'm just working and uh, kind of waiting for Joe to get in place. Because uh, I planned on wrestling, but I, was gonna, I had to wait for Joe to, to get to town to kind of get things situated to, to be a grad assistant and that whole thing. And so I was waiting on Joe. Joe had a car accident mm. uh, that summer. Like that, like that week, he had a car accident. And so he was like in the hospital. So I couldn't get to him, couldn't talk to him, didn't know what was going on. So Bobby said, hey, so what are you, what are you going to do? I said, well, I just want to finish school and I want to, um, I want to compete. I want to wrestle, try to make the make Olympic team. And uh, he said, well, and this was after, was it, that was, I think that was, yeah, it was already after the trials. I think it was already after the trials. And uh, I got fifth in the, in the trials. And that's when, you know, Dave made the team. And then so Bobby said, wait, I got a, I got a position for you down here if you want to come to Arizona State and you can, you know, you can work and you can train, you can help coach and you can, you can, you know, you know, train here with the Sunkist kids. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, talked to my parents and talked to my family and uh, we, I made a decision to, to go to Arizona State with Bobby. Man, so back. And so I was there from, I was there from 80, that 85, 86, uh, some of 80s. And I came back to Stillwater in 87. And um, I left, I left uh, Arizona State, came back because I just couldn't get, couldn't get a good workout. So I was, I could work with those guys during the season. And then no one would show up for freestyle practice. And the only guy who was, was there that I could really work was, uh, was Eddie Urbano. And, you know, I'd wrestle Eddie Urbano. Yeah, my you know my my senior year a couple of times and uh, Eddie was tough. Eddie was I think he got third in uh, my senior year, and then he won the national title that in '85 he won a national title, and so he was a good workout partner. So I worked out with those guys and from from '85 '86 and um, then I came back in '87. I mean that's right and before. Then, and then go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Then they won a they won an NCAA title in '88. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's it. That's still... that was all my guys, man. That <laughs> so, was all the guys I trained and worked out with. So, what was like the RTC environment like back then? If like, we'll get back to when you moved back to Oklahoma State because that seems like it was a great environment. But when you were at yeah. Arizona State, was it literally just you kind of on your own, putting your own training plan together? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I, I worked with Bobby. Um, some, you know, I was, you know, just kind of assisting the, the, the team, working out with the team. Um, and so just kind of, you know, you kind of just in the room working out with the, the college guys, really. Yeah. And it was a couple other guys that would come in and train. But uh, basically it was just joking, working out with the college guys, you know, just trying to do the best you can, you know. But I won, you know, I won the U.S. Open in 85 uh, that year. Of course, Dave had wrestled up. I think he went up to 180. So I didn't, he wasn't in the weight class. But I beat Mike Deanna in the finals that year and in, in it's so funny because Mike Deanna was the one that I lost to in the 84 Olympic trials. Mm. I lost 80. I lost to Mike Deanna in the, I think it was the, um, it was, it was, a, it was a quarterfinals. And then he had Lee Kemp the next round. And so I never got to wrestle Lee Kemp. I was a match away from wrestling Lee Kemp. I was giving him a hard time about this all the time. Never got to compete against Lee, which I really wanted to, but I lost to Mike Deanna. Kemp beat Deanna and then Schultz beat Kemp and made the team. Oh. And then, uh, so that next year, I got Deanna in the finals and I beat him. I think that was his last match he's ever wrestled. So <laughs> I, was pretty, I was pretty pumped about that. Was it a big upset and then I got it. when Schultz beat Kemp? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Lee was a guy, man. Lee was the guy. He was world champ, and uh, he definitely would have would have won Olympic gold medal in 88, in 1980 if they had uh, gone to the Olympics. You know, they boycotted, so he didn't get to go to the Olympic Games, but he – I think he was a you know, world champion '79 and '81, you know. So he definitely would have, you know, been an Olympic champion. And um, but I think, and I, you know, talking to Lee, I got to spend a good time with Lee. We're good friends now. And um, but you know, he made the team in '83, the world team in '83, and decided not to go because he was in grad school. Let Dave go. Dave went and won a world title. 
And so had had a lot of momentum coming into the 84 year. And so yeah. looking back, you, know, you kind of regret that, but because he beat Dave in 83 World Team Trials, and then uh, Dave went and won the tournament. And so it was kind of a changing of the guard. It was a kind of change. It's so funny because it's, you know, I never wrestled Lee, but I got to work out with him one time going before when I was on my way to Russia, and uh, he was living in New York. And so I went to to train with him and uh, a couple of days before I went to, to Russia. So that was good. I got to work out with him. But uh, yeah, he told me some good stuff about uh, his where his mindset was when Dave was up and coming, you know, because Dave came and passed him, and then I called Dave and passed Dave. So it was kind of a, you know, uh, changing of the guard, you know, the same weight class. So that was really, really cool. So is that when you were on your way to Tbilisi in 88 when you were the OW? Yep. Yep. Gotcha. That was the year I won it. Yep. The year I won it. Yeah. So let's let's yeah. get back. So this and is- I was really confident because I got the best of, I got the best of Lee that day. So <laughs> I was really feeling good. You're feeling great in New York. <laughs> I was feeling great, man. I was feeling good, man. I got the best of him. Of course, he wasn't training, of course, but yeah, I was training hard. So when you moved back to Oklahoma State in 86, that seems like it was a huge turning point for you in your career. You had Mike Sheets here, you had John Smith. I mean, that must have been a great environment to train in. Yeah, it really was. And I think the biggest thing that I got from uh, going to Arizona was, of course, working with Bobby, working with those guys. And I recruited Zeke Jones there. I think I was still there. Zeke was on a recruiting trip, but I was there. And so I kind of got him to to come to Arizona State, but then I, I really didn't know I was moving to, to back to Oklahoma, but I couldn't quite get a workout that I needed. And to try to pass Dave, man, I had to, to really, you know, because I lost to Dave in 86 U.S. Open. Uh, pretty good match. And then, uh, and so I was, I was, I was kind of getting close, but I wasn't getting what I needed. So I really got to, a chance to spend some time and meet Art Martori, which is the head of Sunkiss Kids. And that was probably the best thing that, that ever happened to me going to Arizona, the best thing out of that whole deal was, was uh, meeting Art and kind of getting to know him and, and uh, kind of getting locked in the Sunkiss because then he was, you know, he kind of supported me. And during that same time, Dave made a decision to go to Foxcatcher. And so when Dave in 87, Dave went to Foxcatcher, that kind of opened it up for me because then I was the number one guy for Sunkiss at 163. And so Dave, and so Art was, was kind of, um, so supporting me now because I was the number one guy at 163 Sunkiss. So and he, he really was... wanted to beat Dave after that. Yeah. After Dave left. <laughs> well, Dave left Sunkiss and went to catcher. When did people start to realize like this DuPont guy's pouring a ridiculous amount of money into this? Like was that around that time where he was given like a million a year? Yeah, it was the same time. Yep, yep. It was around that same time. I think '87 he got all the to, to Dave and Mark. I think Mark was was a was a world champion in '87. And but I, when I went back to Stillwater, man, that was that was. Um, just a great time just because um, Joe, Joe was in place and, and John, like you said, John was there and John made the team in 87. And of course he was a world champion in 87. Uh, but he was, a, that was, I went through his, I was there with his senior year uh, at Oklahoma state. And so uh, then yeah, Sheets was there and then me and Sheets were probably, that was my probably the best workout partner that I've ever had, you know, cause we were teammates through college. And then when I came back and he decided to, to uh, get out of vet school and, uh, and try to make the team. So we were training hard, man, every day. And plus, you had wrestled him back so, in high school too, right? Sheets. Russell, you know, I'd wrestle wrestling sheets, man. Probably when I was in the fifth, sixth grade. Yeah, we we both from Oklahoma, and so I think I wrestled him a few times as, as a kid, you know. And then, yeah, we wrestled again in high school. Yep, and uh, wrestled twice. We wrestled my senior year, and I was I was really kind of going back and forth from forty eight to forty one, and I was really. For our team, we were the best team when I was at 41. I had another kid that uh, that wrestled 48, and um, so that's why for for the state tournament I went 141. But I wanted to wrestle Sheets because he was kind of the hot guy, and I was I was looking for some competition. So I went up for a dual meet and wrestled 148. And uh, that's when and the dual meets it was just ties. There was no overtime. So if you if it, was a, if it was a tie match at the end of the match, it just it was just a tie. And so both teams got two points, and so there was no overtime in, in dual meets. So we tied, and then I wrestled him probably two weeks later in the UConn tournament, and uh, I beat him like six four or something. So it was a pretty close match, but I beat him. And then uh, Chesbro was, was talking to me. He's like, "Yeah, when I made decisions, come Uncle Sam." He said, "Well, since uh, you know Sheets is Sheets is going to come too. He, since he he can tie you, I think we need to get him too." Like, yeah, bring him. <laughs> I was excited he was coming to Oklahoma State because I get to I get to wrestle him for the next 
four years. Right. <laughs> I was excited about that, you know. And he's one of the best OK State wrestlers ever, right? Three-time national champ? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Two-time national champ, lost to Dave. He was a three-time finalist, lost to Dave Schultz in in his sophomore year. Lost to Dave in the finals and uh, won the last two. But, yeah, he's uh, he's, uh, one of the greatest, one of the best guys. So heading into so 87-88, those two seasons of freestyle, at this point you and Dave are starting to distance yourself. Car's going down to 49 and a half. So, like, you pretty much know it's you and Dave at this point. How much, mm-hmm. like, time did you spend a day thinking about beating Dave, or was it just getting better? Or was it really just focusing on Dave? It was, It was. Uh, once I got Nate out of the way, it was kind of focusing on Dave. And, of course, you know, it was, it was nightmares. You know, I'd have nightmares about Dave. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Dave was a monster, man. Dave, would, Dave was, uh, he was tough. He would hurt you. He was smart. He was cunning. You know, he was all that. You know, he'd come talk to you, like, Dave, get away from me. You know, he's trying to be your friend. But he really wasn't trying to be your friend. He's trying to soften you up so you wouldn't be mad at him, you know, or, <laughs> or be, you know. But, um, no, I think, and after the 87 Nationals, this is a funny story. Um, so, of course, it was me, Nate, uh, Nate Carr, and Dave Schultz in the weight class, right? It was out, out of us who was going to win. Um, so I lost a, I lost a Nate in the semis, and I beat him the whole match. And um, he got a little kick through, throw it right at the end of the match. He wins the match. And so I really, I really should have beat him. But I was beating him the whole match and had the match under control. But then he ended up beating me. So Nate had had Dave in the finals. Dave pins him like in the first period, pending you know, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty quick match. And so I got third. So after the tournament, so we're like all hanging out, you know, just kind of the, the sunkiss guys and we're hanging out. And so me and Nate gets to join each other. We were, we were talking smack and I'm like, Nate, really, you you should just go down to 49 because you're not going to make the team at 63, right? So go down to 49. I'm going to beat Dave. I'm telling you, I'm making a team. I'm, I'm making a team next year. Nate, I'm telling you. He's like, no, I'm making a team. I'm telling Nate. You're not making a team. You you know you lay down against Dave. You wrestle me like it's World War Three. Then you go out and lay lay down against Dave. You know, <laughs> so we're just jawing each other back and forth. And um, I said, no, really, really, really seriously, seriously, Nate, go down to 49. You you can beat. You know, I think it was um, Andre Mesker was the guy at uh, 49. So you go down, you beat Mesker. I'll beat Dave. We can train together. We can we can we can be teammates. We can both make the team. And uh, he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I said, well, just think about it. So about a couple of weeks later, he calls me up and says, all right, I'm going down, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so he, he decided. And so, of course, Ben, we both on Sonicus, you know. So Art had a lot to do with the two. Art was talking to him and said, just trying to trying to convince him to go down. And so, and so yeah, he made a decision to go down. And uh, we he came to Stillwater and we trained together for a while. Oh, really? Good. Yeah, 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 he came to Stillwater. And um, so funny because people, of course, people thought we hated each other, right? But we were we, we were pretty we were pretty cool off the mat, and uh, we were just hated each other while we wrestled. <laughs> so we were at a, we were at a, we had, it's a funny story. We were at a restaurant one day after practice. We had a great workout, and we're man, we talking about our matches were tough. We had some incredible workouts. So we were working. I worked at this restaurant, and so I, I see this family coming in the restaurant, and so the guy, the the, the father, and he had like two three little kids. So the, I see the father. Uh, recognized me because I'm my face is at the door. The father recognized me, was talking to his kids, and you know he's pointing at me. And so then they, the, the family came over to the table. Nate was sitting across the table from me, so his back was to the guy. And so he comes over and introduces himself and says, "Hey, I'm so and so, and I'm a big fan. Just wanted to kind of wish you good luck for the Olympics." And he looks down and he sees Nate. And he's like, does a double take, and he's like, "Is that Nate Carr? Is that Nate Carr?" And I go, "Yeah, it's Nate." He goes. Man, what is he doing here? I thought you guys hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, we're, 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 we're teammates now, you know, so we're, we're, we're training together. And he's like, oh, wow, wow. And so he was, he was really, uh, he was really surprised to see Nate at the table with me. Man, that club had but, a lot uh, of guys in the Olympic team. John Smith, uh, Nate Carr, and you all from the same training center. I guess yep. they didn't really call it that then. Yeah, but- well. Yep, and the Shear, the Shear brothers, Shear brothers were on the team with Sunkiss. Uh, Bill and Jim Shear were, were there on the team. Tim Vanny, Sunkiss was on the team. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who no, beat so Sheets? We had a, we had a, 
Mark Schultz. Okay. Damn. Yeah, Mark Schultz beat him. Listen yeah, to those names. Yeah. It's, it's crazy too, because yeah, man, man, she, he definitely, I mean, Sheets definitely was was very instrumental with with my development as far as getting me ready for the tournament, getting me ready for for the world, for the Olympics, and for the trials. I mean, Sheets was my guy. I mean, we we pushed each other, and I was broken hearted when he when he lost to Mark in the in the, in the trials. You know, because I really thought that we did enough to, to get there. And, yeah. Uh, Mark, Mark just had an incredible, and then Mark actually almost, I don't know this, know this story. He almost, he was like 30 seconds from not making weight. Really? Mark Schultz almost missed weight at the Olympic trials. And, um, I just watched that five sketching documentary the other day and, and they kind of talk about him yeah. almost missing weight, but he was, we were sitting at the table. I never, we had just weighed in me and she's were in John were having dinner. We're, we're eating after weigh-ins, and somebody ran to the table and said, hey, Schultz is like five pounds over. He's only got like five minutes left, six minutes left. He's always, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. And so I was actually pissed off because here Sheets was over across the table from me, and he's going to have a walkthrough to the freaking to the <laughs> Olympic tournament. I mean, the Olympic team. He's like, you got to make to, to wrestle to make the team. I'm like... You know, he was lucky. You know, she's a lucky guy. We got, he's always winning. Like, he's just a lucky dude, you know. And uh, I'm like, shit. He wouldn't even look up. He was. He wouldn't even look up. You know? <laughs> we really thought. We really thought that Mark wasn't gonna make weight. And so I was like, giving she's a hard time. I'm like, dude, I can't believe you're gonna freaking make the team. Not even have to wrestle. And uh, that dude made weight with 30 seconds to go. God dang! And I I didn't and even put he, it together that you and Sheets were wrestling on the two Schultz brothers until right when you said it right yeah. there. It's like shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, of course, when we got to the tournament, you know, John won first because his weight class was before mine. And I was like, man, there's no way I'm letting John go back to Stillwater with a gold medal and, and me not have one too. You know, so that was motivating. <laughs> I was motivating, you know, to, when after John won, and then Mark lost, and then I was broke broken hearted again. I'm crying again because I knew if Sheets would have been there, he'd have won. Mm. You know, he'd have won the he'd have won the tournament. I think. I think the guy who ended up winning, she beat him in the dual meet. You know, so I mean, he was good enough to win. And uh, I think Mark just had a bad tournament. You know, but talk about the, uh, yeah. you know, John Smith beating Randy Lewis. Everyone knows the '84 situation. That should be a documentary in yeah. itself, right there. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I've interviewed Leroy and um, Randy about that, as well as Rick Tucci. Right. You know, I had him featured in a documentary I did. How? Wh- so you were kind of like big brother to John Smith. What was he like during the training periods leading up to that? You know, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was tough, man. It was, um, very, um, it was a great learning environment. Though. I mean, cause I remember watching John as, as a senior in college. Right. And then when he lost it, ready, we, we all came back to the room and I think I beat Schultz in that tournament. It was kind of a, a uh, pre-Olympic tournament kind of set the ladder for the for the final trials and I remember coming back to the room that next week and we're just kind of sitting around trying to figure it out and going through practices and then you know and just watching John develop that low single yeah. um and it's really kind of how he developed it you know just kind of having to wrestle Randy because trying to stay out of Randy's hips you know trying to figure out how how can we score this guy without getting into that crotchless position mm-hmm. um and so that's kind of how he he kind of developed. It. I said, well, "Dude, you got to just got to stay low, get on his ankles, you know, stay out of that cross position," and and that's really kind of how he started to develop that. And um, he also developed his, his crackdown. And really, I think he picked up that from from Schultz in, in '87. You know, Schultz had an incredible high crotch that he would crack you down to the hip, you know, and then kind of finish you from there. He'd run you to your back or, or change off. And so John came back from '87, '87. Um, world championships with with he had two things that that Dave got that he got from Dave. He got a nice ankle lace. He spent a lot of time with Dave Schultz on his ankle lace, and he spent a lot of time with Dave on his crackdowns. And he came back and he had he had a different he had a different skill set in those in those two areas. Um, but then you kind of watching him develop that low single. We all were kind of coaching each other. Yeah, really. It's kind of, you know, I'm trying to be Dave. And if I, if he saw something that I could do better, he would say, and if I saw something he could do better, I would say, you know, so yeah, John was a freshman when I was a senior and uh, my senior in college. And so really we didn't talk about this, but you know, John 
kind of the same thing. John was seated fourth that year at the national tournament, my senior year, loses first round to the kid from Cleveland State. That kid loses next next round. John's out of the tournament. John didn't score a single point for us his, his freshman year. Jeez. That really cost us the national tournament. <laughs> and Chesbro's job, apparently. <laughs> and Chesbro's job. And Chesbro's job. So would you guys all like hang out and like do cookouts and drink beers together on a Saturday during this time? But what was the what was the atmosphere we like? Yeah, he was drinking. We were drinking lemonade. We were lemonade. Drinking there you go. We were drinking lemonade. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had um, we had an incredible, incredible um, training environment. You know, like I said, Nate would come in, um, and it was kind of funny to watch him and John Russell. Nate would come in. Um, who else came in? Would Rico uh, come in? Uh, I heard he would come around those parts. Rico came in. He came in like like he started coming around like in ninety. Okay. Nine before ninety two Olympics, he started kind of coming around. But uh, they, uh, Nate was a, came in around. Uh, um, Melvin Douglas came train. He was also Sunkiss. So Melvin mm-hmm. would come train. Um, yeah, we had we had a really great environment during that time. Now I've heard that eighty seven. You take a match off Schultz, but he still makes the team. He gets beat by the guy you beat in the finals in eighty eight. Yeah. And I've read yeah. that you just went into a, a place of a hyper focus during that last year, every detail mattered. I mean, was that the most focused you ever were in your training leading up to the 88 trials and Olympics? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the big, a big part of that was going to Russia. You know, I went to Russia and Russell Tbilisi in 87 and, 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 and Dave actually won the tournament. So Dave went in 87. That was my first year going to Tbilisi. Uh, I get fifth. Dave wins the tournament. Um, and so I was determined. I was, but you know, going through that tournament kind of really, it really um, made me realize how far I had to go and how far behind I was. Um, and just to wrestling, you know, that whole Russian tour, that whole, I mean, I probably had 12, 13 matches on that tour because we would do dual meets. Then we, we, we do three dual meets and then a tournament. Hmm. And so, and so it was, a, it's just a great tour. Uh, so yeah, that '87 year, Dave Dave won it, and then came back that next year. I mean, I was a different guy. I mean, I went to I went back to work and, and really kind of focused in on what I needed to 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 do and just positions and, and my conditioning had to get better, my strength had to get better. Um, but that really opened my eyes. Um, that next year is when I won it. But Dave, and and Nate, uh, I'm sorry, Dave was on the tour, but he didn't wrestle. He just went to, he just went and he was one of the coaches, but he just wanted, he loved Russia so much. He just went on the tour. I mean, he didn't wrestle. That was the year I won. And uh, he was actually in my corner in some of those matches. He but, must have um, been getting a little worried at that point. Kenny made he some got jumps. He got, <laughs> after I won that tournament, I, I remember it was after I won the tournament and it was a time I, I was undefeated on that tour. I was like 14 and 0 on that tour. I won all my, I won the dual meets, won three dual meets. And then I won, won the tournament. And, uh, I mean, I went through, you know, a couple world champs. I mean, I, I beat some good people on that tour. And um, I was undefeated. And so then after the tournament, I remember being back in my in my dorm. And I was packing my bags um, to, to leave the next day. And Dave comes walking in my room with a bottle of vodka. Like, Monday, Monday, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate National Tbilisi champ. And I also got the old W, too. I got the big white cape. And so it's like big, big uh, Olympic champ. I mean, uh, Tbilisi champ, outstanding wrestler to celebrate. And uh, I'm like, no, Dave, I'm not, I'm not drinking, man. I'm not drinking. I'm off. I got a gold medal to win next year. And he kind of, he kind of opened his eyes like, uh, okay, okay, all right, all right. Wait, and, so you uh, were that so clean? You weren't eyes, drinking anything? He a, he, I wasn't drinking anything. Wow. I wasn't drinking anything. Not a drop. Man. Not a drop. So but yeah, it was a. I made a big jump from '87 to '88. A big jump. If you go back and watch my matches in '87, then come back and watch my matches in '88, you see us just two different guys. And what were you thinking ten minutes out before '88 Olympic trials down in Florida? First match with Dave. I was super, super confident. I mean, at that point, I was, I was really. I'd moved. I, I, my mindset was was kind of past Dave at that point, and I knew I could beat him. I knew I could. I knew I was going to beat him. 
I was ready. I was I knew I wasn't getting tired. Um, of course, I like I said, I beat him in that uh, that tournament over, and uh, we had a pre Olympic tournament in um, in Kansas, in Topeka, in Topeka, Kansas, and I beat him by by three one there. And so I was I was super confident. Super, I knew him. I knew him better than he knew himself. If he, I knew when he was on a step left. I knew when he was on a step right. So I, I, I had him scattered out, and um, yeah, I was super confident. Super confident. You know, I knew I was winning. And you say this, but man, I just don't. I don't get the the sense that he was like a like a mean wrestler. But you say he was mean as could be, man. That front headlock, tight, huh? Just super tight. <laughs> Yeah, Dave was, uh, you know, like like I said, Dave was just, a, he was an assassin, man. I mean, Dave would get you, I mean, I remember the first time I wrestled, and, uh, and, and I mean, he had, he, he, was be, he beat me, of course, and, but he had the legs in on me, and, he, and he, he was trying to turn, and I couldn't turn. He had me where I couldn't turn, and he was like, had the leg, and he had me cranked over, but I, I still couldn't turn. I'm like, dude, let me, I'm trying to turn. Oh, but uh, he was, uh, he was brutal, man. He would, he would, uh, he'd hurt you. For sure, he'd hurt you, you know, just just in his technique. And Dave was just—he um, didn't look—he didn't look strong, but he was—he was very strong in positions, you know, very strong. And if he gets to a leg, he was scoring. If he got to your leg, he was going to score. You go back and watch his percentages. If he got to a leg, I mean, they were like—I mean, that's like ninety-five percent percentage um, finish rate. I mean, this guy was amazing once he got to his legs, but. Um, no, I, I I kind of moved past him at that point. You know. Did you ever? And think I never about... I never lost him again. Really? I never lost him after '87. Never lost him again. So you win the Olympics in '88 against Far Farnayev, is it, or Varayev? Varayev. Varayev. That's, and that's Varayev. the guy who beat yep. Dave the year before. Beat Dave the year before. Yep. And in the finals, and it was a close match. It was a close match, and you know I had wrestled Varayev. Uh, three times prior to the, the Olympics. I wrestled him in a tournament in, in, uh, in Seoul, Korea. It was like a pre-Olympic tournament. He beat me 4-0. Then I wrestled him in, in uh, two, two dual meets. And he beat me one, and I beat him once. Um, and so I beat him in a dual meet. And so I knew I could, I could beat him, but I, just, I had to have a flawless, a flawless match, and I had to, I really had to be ready for him. But I knew him, and... Um, but but I but I had to be on I had to be at my best to to, to get it done. He was strong, man. The guy was strong, and he just freaking walked through 87, 87 world championship. He kind of walked through it, and he beat Dave in the finals. And um, but I knew I could beat him if if I had a good match. So did he beat Fedzayev out, or was Fedzayev at a different weight during those years? They, he was Fedzayev was at a different weight. He was at he was at forty nine point five. Okay, um, but he came up. He came up the next year in '89, and he beat he beat Varyev in the Rasulov. Um And I didn't even see, I didn't even see that match until like later on in my life. I kind of caught it somewhere. It was somebody posted it because I didn't even know. I mean, I'm like, wow. So it was really interesting to go back and watch those guys wrestle. It was a close match, and it could have went either way. But I think Fazayev ended up winning. But because Fazayev had never lost, he had never lost in a, in a international yeah. tournament, right? <laughs> They were never lost, but you know what? I, and I didn't even know '89. We I didn't even know he was in the weight class until we got to Switzerland. I, I no one had told me. I thought it was, I thought it was going to be Varayev. We get to Switzerland like three days before the tournament, and Leroy Smith was the national team coach. Comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, Fazayev is in your weight class." I'm like, "What? Fazayev is in my weight class?" I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, "Man, I, I don't know, but he's too small. I don't know." If I, Okay, well, good because that guy—he's a forty-nine pounder. Yeah, and I was smashing forty-nine pounders at that point. Like forty-nine pounders couldn't wrestle with me. I was beating Nate pretty solidly. Um, all the guys, the, the U.S. guys that were forty-nine, they were—I were, was—I was smashing those guys. They couldn't wrestle with me. So I'm like forty-nine pounds—he's too small. <laughs> but man, that tournament started, and he was going through the people. He was going through the. He was going through the weight class. I'm like, wow, this dude must be really, he must be really tough. And I watched him, I watched him wrestle, you know, Mesker, I watched him wrestle Nate. You know, I'd seen the guy wrestle, of course, um, but I just didn't think he was that that strong. But he was going through some of the guys that I struggled with. And, um, but it wasn't until he got to the semifinals and he wrestled the, the Mongolian. 
And and I wrestled my goalie pretty probably four times. I'd always beat him, but it was close matches, but I always beat him. And my goalie scored on, took him down like a couple times. I'm like, oh, this guy bleeds, you know? So <laughs> at that point, I'm like, okay, he's not, he's not unbeatable, right? So that kind of gave me some confidence going into the finals. I'm like, okay, he's not, he's not untouchable. Well, if a lot of people, he was, he, he had, I was going to say, if a lot of people, you know, they think of the best Russian, they think of Satyev or even Sajalaf now, Vedzayev was like a six, seven time world champ, like you said. Yeah. Are you his only yeah. loss ever at the Worlds? Yeah, I think so. That's incredible. I think so. I mean, he was yep, he was unbelievable. So. Um, yeah, he was good, man. You go back and watch some of his footage, and it's like, man, this dude is he's doing some things that that uh, only he could do. But he was he was tough, man. He was definitely one of the, the, the toughest guys I've ever wrestled. Now, I wanted to ask you about this because I thought this was an interesting story, and we'll wind down here in, in ten minutes. But in '96, when you decided to make a comeback, I've heard that. Uh-huh. Per this article, that like as late as like September of '95, you had not committed to coming back for the '96 team, and that when you did come back, you moved down to Arizona and lived by yourself, and like kind of lived in seclusion and would ride a bike in the courtyard of this apartment complex you were in to get all the weight off. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 somewhat true. That's somewhat true. I mean, I after '92, you know, I I dislocated my elbow. Um, I don't know if you know this story, but. Before the 92 Olympic Games started, I mean, I was wrestling really, really well. I was probably wrestling better than I had ever wrestled. I was feeling really good. I dislocated my elbow probably eight days before the tournament started. Eight days, I dislocated my elbow. And it was like swollen all the way from my fingers to my shoulder. And uh, wrestling Trevor Lewis, and it was like the last practice of that day. And... um, and, and, and dis- dislocated my elbow and didn't know I was going to wrestle. Didn't even know if I was going to get to wrestle the tournament. And so I couldn't even get on the mat. After that, I just, I, all I could do was bike, bike and bike and bike and, and to keep my weight down. And then, and finally, like, and I was, of course, doing treatment twice a day. And then finally, before maybe two days before the tournament started, just, like some of the swelling went down. A lot of the swelling went down. Probably 70, 70% of the swelling went down. But I wasn't 100%. You know, I was probably, I would say, I would probably say I was 85, 80%, because I really couldn't use my left arm. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a left-hand dominant. It's my underside, right? So I really couldn't use my left hand. I get on a leg, and I really couldn't put the legs in like I wanted. But I had a good tournament. I mean, I was I didn't give up a point until the finals. I lost 1-0 in the finals Yeah. in 92. And didn't give up a point the whole tournament. Beat the Russian 9-0. And so, but I go from not thinking I was going to wrestle to here I am, you know, wrestling for Olympic gold medal. And so after the tournament, I, I just needed some time off. I, you know, I think we would, we had gone through, um, uh, Joe say got fired. Uh, Oklahoma state was on probation. Uh, John Smith got the job at, at Oklahoma state. Uh, and I was, I was an assistant and I was still there. Uh, then he hired Mike, Mark Perry to come in as an assistant. And I just, I just wasn't, I, I just kind of needed to get away from wrestling. And so I got married. That's when I got married in 93 and I moved to Tulsa. So I moved out. So I took some time off, and I knew in the back of my mind I wanted to come back because I knew the, the 96 Olympic Games were, was in Atlanta. I knew it would be great to, 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 to wrestle, you know, the Olympics in our, in our, our country. And so in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, I, 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 may, I, I may come back. I may come back. And so I kind of was going back and forth. And I was in business. You know, I was at a subway, at a coffee shop. And so we were in business, and we are just, just working, you know, and doing, doing my thing. And um, had a daughter, uh, had a had a kid, got married, had a kid, Sydney, and uh, so we're just doing the thing. And then and so got closer to '95. And then Art Martori said, "Hey, um, we're going to build a, a training facility um, here. Uh, have, I got bought this apartment complex, and uh, you guys can move out here, and, and I'm put all you guys up, you know, you know, so we didn't have to pay rent. And so we had apartment complexes like it's our own little." Uh, little courtyard yeah. uh, that it was all Sunkiss guys. And so we all moved out and I moved down. My wife gave me my, gave me the blessing and uh, yep. So I moved down in 96 and, uh, and then made the team. And we had Kevin Jackson. That's when Kevin got kicked off the Sunkiss. I mean, a uh, fox catcher DuPont kicked him off of, off the team. Didn't want anything black on the, on the farm. And so seriously, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know that story. No, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. DuPont kicked him off the team. He's a, he's a, Defending champ, Kevin Jackson was world champion in 95. Dupont kicks him off the Foxcatcher team in 96. 
So Kevin came and came to train with us. We took him on at Sunkiss, and he came to train with us in Arizona. So when you were living and, uh, down in Arizona, you would, you how long were you down there for? Like ten months, twelve months? Yeah, about yeah, about seven months, about seven eight months. Just mm-hmm. getting yourself ready, getting yourself right, and yep, just getting back in shape, getting ready. You know, probably came back. Looking back on it, probably came back a little too. Probably should have came back. You know, a year earlier. Just yeah, getting my feet wet. Um, but yeah, I just came back and uh, and went straight to got into training. Yeah, Rocky style, man. Um, there, <laughs> <laughs> I like the story of just going off and getting yourself ready again. And uh, Kenny, there's a lot of things that we could talk about here, but I know you got yeah. a, a day, so I'll let you run, man. Last question yeah. that we ask yeah. everyone with is: yeah. How did wrestling change your life, sir? Or what? What's it given you? you oh know? man, that's 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 an incredible question. I mean, it's 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 changed my life in so many different ways. You know, I mean, um, the wrestling. You know, it just uh, it took me all it took me all over the world. I mean, it showed me things that I probably never would have seen if I hadn't been wrestling. Um, you know, but I was I grew up in a great neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, North Tulsa. I mean, we had just an incredible uh, neighborhood with with kids that were just, just sports fanatics. I mean, we had some great athletes. I grew up with with some great athletes. I went to school with Wayman Tisdale, was an NBA star. Grew up with John Starks, played for the Knicks. Um, James Quick Tillis lived lived around the corner from me. Wow. James, he was a, a boxer. Yeah. You know, world he was a world class boxer. He bought he fought uh Mike Tyson, first um first boxer that Tyson didn't knock out. So I grew up with that guy. So we had a we had just an incredible athlete who grew up in my neighborhood. And so I mean, if I didn't wrestle, you know, I was gonna I was gonna make it to something, whether yeah. it be baseball or football. And I I grew I played football since I was a freaking third grader. So I was gonna make it to something, you know, but Wrestling, I just, um, I love the sport of wrestling because it was, it was individual. And, um, I mean, you could, it was a team sport, but you can, you can, you can, you can do what you wanted to do in the sport. Just, just because the, you know, the individual, you know, you're on your own when you're out there in wrestling. And so I love that part of it. Uh, I love the fact that, um, you can set a goal and if you, if you wanted to achieve your goal, I mean, you can, you can, you could do it, you know, if you would do hard work. If you were talented enough and do hard work, um, so I, I love that part of it. And I think just the, I think if the the culture in Oklahoma wasn't so rich, um, that was another thing that kind of kept me in the sport. And then watching these guys, and you know, the the, 19, the 72 Olympic team, and, and seeing those guys and Gable and all those guys, and so that kind of locked me in. Yeah. But um, but it, it changed my way in, in my in my in my life as far as just the dedication of it. You know, just being dedicated. Um, you know, just the the toughness of it. You know, being tough through the sport. I mean, it's a tough sport, and so just kind of grinding through it. And really, it really, it really, it really helped me on the on the playground. You know, because the playgrounds were, were were tough. You know, growing up, you know, it wasn't shoe, wasn't no gangs or anything like that. But you had to defend yourself. You know, and uh, it's a martial art. And I knew I knew way back when I was a kid that 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 wrestling is a martial art because it, it helped me in a lot of different fights when I was a kid growing <laughs> up. And uh, so I knew that, uh, that, that those skill sets that I, that I learned through wrestling would stay with me for the rest of my life. Um, so now I've got, yeah, of course, three kids. I've got three, three, three children. And you uh, got you know, Kennedy and Quincy are wrestling. You know, Kennedy's here at UNC, and then Quincy's at Princeton. And those guys are, you know, they're defining their own careers and, and making a name for themselves. And so... You know, wrestling has, has been in my family, and of course, my brothers wrestle. It's been in my family all my life. My mom's a wrestling mom, and did Fred wrestle? My dad's a... Fred didn't wrestle, man. He he, he was a football player okay. at Booker T. Washington. He, he played football. They called him Stormy Monday. <laughs> was Stormy, was, was Stormy Monday was his name. He was a football running back. But uh, now, but he got locked in when we started wrestling at the YMCA, man. He he got locked in, and he saw what it was, and he's like, man, this is the sport that that uh i'm gonna go through i'm gonna put you push you guys in so but no i just kind of so funny watching how wrestling kind of comes full circle you know of course now uh quincy russell uh mike sheets son they're in the same weight class this year and now you got to wrestle <laughs> this year and uh at oklahoma state so quincy got to go there and, and beat him there and then he didn't get to wrestle nate something said nate you know david's in the, in the weight classes too as well so yeah. nate was like Ranked, he was seated third in the national tournament. Quincy was seated fourth, and so but they didn't get to wrestle. Me and Nate talked about that the other day, 
And so watching these guys come full circle, man, it's just an amazing thing. Having those guys, those three kids in the same weight class was was uh, was something. Me and Sheets are still good friends, and we still talk. And and um, but watching those guys, you know, uh, come back through and and uh, build on our legacy is uh, is something that. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm cherishing it. I'm loving loving life right now. That Princeton team's a lot of fun to watch. They've done some incredible things up there. They are, man. They are. I mean, they they really uh and that was one of the reasons we made the decision. You know, Quincy when they started recruiting him and he's like, Dad, what do you think? I'm like, man, I, I like it. You know, I mean had I think, you know, Kalazic was there and Kalazic was an all American. He showed that they could, you know, they could uh they could produce, right? I'm saying, man, if you Kalazic can win, Quincy, you can win, you know. So uh, when they try to recruit him really hard, I'm like, man, I'm you got my blessings. I think those guys really want to win. So yeah, I like that. I like their, their coaching staff. I like the guys and that him and Pat Glory are really good friends. And so, you now they're doing some good good stuff, man. You know, he's 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 been home though for a couple months, so it's gonna be hard to get him out of here. I'm gonna try to hold on. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I will let you go, sir. Thank you so much for your time. This has been awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Look forward to seeing you again, man. Yes, sir. Take care. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.